0: electric and battery systems are taking over the automotive industry and they're poised to take over the RV industry as well. This week we're talking with Jack Johnson from Volta Power Systems in our second half of our interview with him about the future of power systems in RVs and how it's here already. This is RV Miles. RV Miles is sponsored by L.L. Bean, dedicated to helping you experience all the benefits of time outside and stay more comfortable while you're out there. From soft and breathable activewear designed to do it all, to just right layers, perfect for changing weather, to sun-smart clothing that blocks the sun's harmful rays, every L.L. Bean product is made with comfortable time outside in mind. Visit llbean.com to shop now. L.L. Bean, be an outsider. Welcome to episode 190 of RV Miles. I'm Jason.
1: And I'm Abby. And we are two full-time travelers who, along with our boys, Jack, Ethan, and Henry, are crisscrossing North America on one epic road trip. Each week, we talk all things RV and outdoors, from travel destinations to gear, industry news, our national parks, and a whole lot more.
0: Coming to you again from Chattanooga, Tennessee in our final days here. A little secret. Uh, we recorded this episode at the same time as the last episode. We just went inside and changed our shirts.
1: Costume change.
0: <laughs> and uh, so if something crazy happens in the, in the news over of the course of the time we recorded this and next week when it comes out, uh, we won't be talking about it. We won't be talking about episode. it.
1: We are taking <laughs> a 50% vacation. So we will be 50% available and 50% on vacation next week which is the first time that we've taken a vacation and I know you are probably laughing and going oh you're full-time RVers you're on vacation every single day that's 25% it's not true. The,
0: it's not the first time but it's the first time since the last time I remember us seriously doing this yeah was when we stayed at the Buffalo River for one week, Jay, like three or four years ago.
1: That was July of 2017. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Okay.
0: So I'm very excited to bring this uh, second half of my interview with Jack Johnson from Volta Power Systems to you today. If you listen to last week's episode, you know, he's a, or just a great person, a really smart person, who's uh, really on the pulse of what's happening in the world of electrical power systems. In fact, he's one of the leaders leading the charge and and really making some changes that are going to have us in RVs that are, you know, maybe they're not powered by electric engines anytime soon, but the the entirely electric RV, meaning electric stove and oven and heating even, um, and battery powered air conditioning, all that sort of stuff, it's here now. And it's now at the point where the systems just have to get more integrated, more have to get better and better and have to get more affordable. But that technology is here and uh, Jack's going to talk to us about it and about the future of of RVs and electrical systems. So I'm excited to bring that to you a little bit later. But let's start by talking about, um, as we often do, something that came up in the Facebook group. Lorna said, remember all those people who bought campers in 2020? They've also rented out every single storage lot. Oh and, no. <laughs> and Lauren is saying that they've been parking their 32-foot fifth wheel in the row they've rented for 14 years and they they park two vehicles at this specific storage area and they're told that they can't come back because this storage lot has booked them booked out
1: <laughs> without
0: Wait. them reserving it and they're like, "Well, thanks." <laughs> Wait,
1: I don't so
0: they didn't have it booked yet for this year, but somebody else so somebody else has taken it. And 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 I've heard this from lots of people now that lots of people that bought RVs over the course of the last year are trying to store them and they're having a hard time finding places for storage. It's it's hard for us to remember. And I think a lot of people that keep their RVs even if they're they're not full-timers like us, but maybe they keep their RVs at their house. A lot of people keep their RVs in storage and then go get them when they go out on a trip.
1: Yeah, it's not something we Think often about. But I will say that this particular year, talking to my dad, he said to me, you know, if you guys are coming and you're coming with something bigger than what you have now, it can no longer be stored at our house. We should probably really seriously consider finding you guys a place and we should do it sooner rather than later. So even my non-RVing dad was already like, good luck finding space and don't bring your 42-foot RV here because I can't keep it in my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we're already thinking, well, what are we going to do with ours when we want to go and visit family for an extended period of time? Because gone are the days, I guess, now of being able to just grab I, a spot for a few weeks. I,
0: we, this is a this is something we haven't talked about yet nope. together as a, as a couple, but I think we're at the point where we're going to campgrounds and we're we're not camping. moving out of our home when we're visiting family.
1: I I don't know what part of camping in December in Illinois you think is going to happen.
0: Well, that part does seem a little crazy. <laughs> I does. was thinking about July.
1: It does. Yes. <laughs> I'm I'm already thinking about the holiday season. Maybe that just means that family gets to come to us somewhere warmer in Maybe. the future. Maybe. Maybe. So yes, if this is something that you're going to need and you're going to need a storage unit, it may be that you're going to start paying for a storage unit even when you don't need it during the camping season. You might just have to book one of those yearly spaces and then just pay for it monthly. That's a tough, that's a tough sell boy, you just can't get anything anywhere anymore if it has anything to do with an RV.
0: Here's another question that's been coming up uh, quite a bit as people look to buy an RV. They're asking about, um, and uh, Dina, I believe that's how she says her name, D-E-N-A, asked this in the group as well. Thoughts on outdoor kitchens and outdoor TVs. Do we have them and what are they? And I, I've got some. Do you have thoughts? I have some thoughts. Well, I'm, Look,
1: I'm so shocked.
0: Here's the here's the thing about about both of those things is that they're really cool. And a lot of people get a lot of use, particularly out of the outdoor kitchen. I don't think as many people get as much use out of the outdoor TV as they think they will. But some people do. And before people get crazy about like, well, TVs the aren't game. for campgrounds the and game. stuff. Uh, but, you know, some campgrounds are sort of that style and it's fine. Like, I, you know... I, I don't always want somebody next to me with a TV blaring, anything like that. But some campgrounds, they're, it's just that atmosphere and it's fine. Sure. But um, kitchens are a different thing because I think a lot of people enjoy the fact that they don't have to heat up the inside of their RV, especially if they're like boondocking and yeah. uh, aren't able to run their air conditioner, then they can cook outside. and A lot of people like to do a lot of outdoor cooking when they're camping. But here's the thing to remember is that outdoor kitchens are always a trade-off. You're always losing something on the inside, and that's generally storage space or length. I mean, in order for them to put that outdoor kitchen in, they have to carve out room for it on the inside, uh, which might mean they have to make your RV longer, or it might mean you're losing a really cool piece of storage inside and that might not matter to you
1: you know something I was just thinking about though so we say this a lot oh you're going to lose space with your RV kitchen but you know something I just thought about is yes you're going to lose space if you have the RV kitchen but you know the flip side to that Jason is that you and I lose space In our pass-through, because we carry around stuff to have an outdoor RV kitchen.
0: absolutely true. And you you do gain space on the outside, right, when you have that outdoor kitchen. So you can put other things on the outside. Yeah,
1: so I think a lot of it has to do, when you consider this, whether or not you need more storage space inside, Or perhaps you need more storage space for your outside toys and things like that. And if that is the case and you really do want some kind of an outdoor kitchen, then maybe a built-in outdoor kitchen is the answer for you so you can utilize more of your storage space. For us, I mean, just a few things, the Blackstone and the Dynamite, that's a decent amount of space we give to our pass through the
0: the other thing too is that not all outdoor kitchens are built the same in fact they're all quite different
1: nothing in the rv industry is (laughs) built the same
0: some of them are literally just we put this here in order to say (laughs) we have an outdoor kitchen because some (laughs) people will not buy an rv without one
1: here's a burner (laughs) and we're going to give you the world's tiniest little fridge fridge that you're barely going to be able to open look we've all seen that going rv episode okay where they were like i can't even get this like little mini cooler door open in this outdoor kitchen. So again, it's really about what kind Mm -hmm. of kitchen you want, what kind of storage you want to lose and the type of camper you desire to be.
0: The other thing I want to caution you about is when you're looking at outdoor kitchens, a lot of them are really high up. And if you're a shorter person, sometimes it's a challenge to get it. so yes. I, I don't Footstool.
1: <laughs> I don't think a lot of
0: people actually like the ones that you're you're cooking in the outdoor kitchen. It's like what's nice about the outdoor kitchens is it's a space to put like your grill utensils, it's a space for a fridge, uh, where you can put butter and stuff for working on the grill or the blackstone and a little sink where you can wash those utensils and stuff like that. But for actually a cooking service it's hard
1: also bear in mind too that not all campsites are going to be created equal in regards to how you level out
0: yeah because if so, that if that outdoor kitchen is all the way on the back of your rv and that thing's a steep slope that could yeah. be way up in yes
1: there. so it does feel a little bit like they're making a bold statement with outdoor kitchens sometimes that they're for taller people <laughs> that only taller people cook outside which we all know is not true. So that's something to consider. You can probably guess how we feel about an outdoor TV because we're not even bothering to talk about it. Yeah, look,
0: even if you I, like an outdoor TV and you want an outdoor TV, I I would never buy an RV based on that. That's that's a, you know, that's something that
1: I don't you can think, make
0: a workaround for.
1: I don't think the cost shakes yeah. out. I think what you pay for it to have that outdoor TV just it it isn't worth it to me. Mm -hmm. personally.
0: Well, you could also, you know, if you have just an outdoor kitchen, you could rig a small outdoor TV to be in that outdoor kitchen. There's lots of different things that you can come up with. I've seen a lot of people put in an arm in their pass-through that can pull out. But you know what? If we're watching TV outdoors, it's usually on a laptop and that's good enough for us. Yeah.
1: There's only been one time that we've wanted an outdoor TV in five years.
0: Yeah. And, I, you know, I think they're cool. It's just not something that I would worry about when I'm making, you know, this multi tens of thousands of dollar purchase. It's, it's just it's it's a little feature on a really big thing. And a lot of things matter, I think, to me a lot more. And I, I, I think they probably ought to for for most people. Some people just have very specific things like I will not buy an RV without a glass shower door. We'll never gonna do it, and that's if that's if you're putting that drawing that line in the sand, but
1: you, I don't make sure care. to check out
0: the other things. <laughs> I,
1: know. I don't care <laughs> to each their own, go and get what makes you happy.
0: All right, we're gonna take a break, and when we come back, we'll have the answer to last week's brain teaser. We're gonna have the rest of our interview with Jack Johnson from Volta Power Systems.
1: Be right back
0: electrical surge protection is one of the cheapest insurance policies you can provide for your rv and the power watchdog smart surge protector made by hughes auto farmers beats the competition with the field replaceable surge module with other brands when the surge protector takes a large surge or a spike you have to throw it away the power watchdog can be brought back to life with one small affordable part you can replace yourself it's the last surge protector you need to buy Use the coupon code RVMILES, all one word, for 10% off your order at hughesautoformers.com. That's code RVMILES for 10% off at hughesautoformers.com. Outdoor enthusiasts of all stripes will enjoy Pelican gear on their adventures. hard sided Pelican Elite coolers are all made in America and are available in a wide number of sizes. Get a 20-quart for short day trips, a 50-quart for week-long adventures, or a wheeled 45-quart to keep the fun rolling along. Pelican backs all their hard-sided coolers with a lifetime warranty, too. RV Miles listeners can get a free DayVenture Tumblr when they visit EliteCooler.com slash RV Miles and spend over $100. It's time for the answer to last week's brain teaser, which went like this. Glenn and Steve were taking turns driving on an RV trip to Boston and back. Glenn drove the first 40 miles and Steve drove the rest of the way to Boston. On the way back, Glenn started to drive and then Steve drove the last 50 miles. Which of the two drove more and how much did he drive? And the answer is that Steve drove 20 miles more than Glenn no matter how far the trip to Boston was. You might think because I didn't know the length of the trip, I don't know. But assume the trip to Boston is 60 miles. Glenn Went 40 miles there and 10 miles back for 50 miles total. Steve would have gone 20 miles there and 50 miles back for 70 miles total. So Steve always drives 20 more miles. If you change the number of miles, you still get a 20-mile difference. We'll have a new brain teaser later on in the show. But now it's time for the rest of my interview with Jack Johnson from Volta Power Systems talking about the future of RV power systems. Here's Jack. Talk to me about how uh, how Volta came to be and how you
2: interface with the, the RV industry and and all that. Oh boy, that's fun stuff. Well, um, I'm a recovering automotive engineer. Um, those of you that've been in the automotive industry, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> the automotive industry is a very high paced, very high risk, high volume. Marketplace. It's a it's a tough business. I was a part of a major tier one company um, right out of school for sixteen years. I did everything you think of: advanced composites, advanced material science, um, cost saving activities, just fix things, make things. Just did a little everything and had a really great career of uh, running around doing amazing things. And in uh, two thousand eight nine time frame, there was a big push to electrify the automotive industry. It was right after the the financial downturn, there's a bunch of grant dollars being put out there. And our company was uh, was Johnson Controls. It was uh, one of the only U.S. companies to get part of the battery grant. And the mission was build a factory that could produce the next generation batteries for the automotive market. Nobody had done anything like that at the time. Uh, They gave us 11 months to design, build, (laughs) and launch a $250 million project. Shovel ready. <laughs> uh, we had to figure it out. We used, um, you know, some military-based technologies that are baseline, but we had to figure out how to scale it and make it airproofed and perfect, ready to go on out on a vehicle. And you talk about—I didn't sleep for a year. <laughs> uh, built this facility here in Holland, Michigan. Amazing technology, and we get it all done, and nobody's buying electric vehicles. Nobody wants it, um, and it's sitting there. 250 million dollars in investment amazing technology no sales and i got frustrated i was just like this is ridiculous we spent all this money a lot of it's taxpayer money some of it's my money why aren't we doing something with it i went to my leadership and said hey why don't you let these crazy engineers figure out a way to utilize this technology and bring it into other markets and see if we can make a better business case?" and uh, it was called project mcgyver um MacGyver was great, right? Come on, <laughs> was growing so up my those favorite years. Favorite shows. <laughs> it was the best show ever. Hey, let's let's make something out of a shoestring. Let's you know repurpose yeah. it. And so that's what we did. And our we got together and we started MacGyvering this project. And we, we took a Prevo bus um, conversion, and uh, we were able to um, get some local sponsorship there. They they loaned us the bus as a partnership. We put all this tech in it. I mean, this is tech that was going in some of the latest EVs. We put it in a bus and then, and then got rid of the generator and went out and toured the country in it and said, hey, what would you guys think if The customers didn't have to worry about a generator anymore, you know, and gauged their attention. And they all liked it. And they're like, this is awesome. This would be wonderful. But it was too complex for our company to be able to support because they're all like, even you think Winnebago or Thor, you know, they're actually really small companies compared to the world. And they didn't know how to make it happen, and so I'm like, "This is crazy! I got to do it myself. I just got to do it." So I, I left John's Controls with the crazy idea that they can't do it. I'm sure a small company could figure it out. And so we took all of that knowledge, lessons learned, relationships, testing, all the things we've done over the years, and we said, "Okay, how do we put it in a package that's simple to use, simple to understand, and that can be used for?" our RV and industrial customers. And that's how Volta got started. It's focusing on, you know, bringing that complex supply chain. that costs billions of dollars to put on the ground and make it accessible for, you know, Jason's of the world who want the advanced tech, right? How do I do it? And that's been the focus. That's how we got started.
0: How now are you uh, working with the RV industry to, to implement, um, better power systems and what are those power systems entail
2: um well we do things a little differently um we don't sell to the public we we just can't um our focus is business to business so that's one thing that's different we get a lot of requests the market has been always well i can buy this and put it on and i do it myself and and you know so we go against the grain there um, we do that mainly to ensure customers have a great experience Um, And we can afford to do it because the cost structure to teach, develop, execute a a solution is not something just uh, to slug off like, you know, traditionally you could throw something in. So we partner with, um, you know, the Winnebago's of the world um, and say, hey, we'll help you integrate. So we we send our engineers in. We walk through the design requirements. They say, okay, what's that experience they want to give the customer? And then we will bake out that full power solution. That's everything from your your AC power that runs your devices, your DC supply, your recharge solution, how it charges solar. Um, We even do auto starts. So we communicate back to the factory vehicle systems and we do it as a package. So even the wiring harnesses. So they'll get a solution that's a full kit. Everything's been tested and validated much like you would expect an automotive, you know, engine that would show up, you know, if you're doing your hot rod, you expect the internals to have been built correctly. Um, And then that allows our customers to be able to provide that level of technology in a very controlled, safe, economical way. What are your current systems able to accomplish now?
0: And where do you see electrical power systems moving
2: towards in the next few years? What we do today is really enable a brand new experience to our view. I think that's the most fun is everybody had been limited to what they could do because they were limited on power. They always had to compromise power. And in, for example, on our B-van customers, we'd have no more generators. Um, we have customers that never have to plug in. They have 30 amps of shore power all the time, wherever they're at. And now they've cut the port. They don't need to worry about... Finding a campground. They don't have to worry about where they stop. They don't have to worry about running out of power. And when you have that freedom, and one more thing, you don't have to worry about. It just makes the experience so much better. I mean, that's what we do today, and we do systems up to a hundred kilowatt hours. So I think of the huge, big RVs, in um, you know, the top of the line, and they've got customers like, why do I have a generator anymore? Um, they usually do hybrids just because they got all the bells and whistles. So that's what we do today for the future. We align with the automotive industry, and so we are tapping right off of that trillion dollars of investment. Um, I think the latest numbers I saw um, in the last three years is over 1.7 trillion in private money is going into research and new battery tech. We're tying in with them and letting them do the big work, and then we're bringing that technology in to to our solutions. What does that give you? That means more and more energy in a smaller space. That means cost keeps coming down. I haven't seen it here yet that um, as we keep improving our volumes and we uh, get more acceptance, cost just keeps moving, just like you're seeing in the regular market. And then finally, you're going to see, I think you're going to see new devices showing up on RVs over the next few years. RVs that are, you know, devices that you traditionally have in your home that you used to. Um, I think about... Well, if you've ever been to Europe you think about water heaters, you know, they'll run, what, uh, 240 volts, right? And you you get all this really great power very fast. Well, now all of a sudden you can put more energy on and more power on mobile vehicles than you can get from shore power. We actually have a customer today that they can't run their steam shower and everything else on shore power. So they unplug the coach so they can run everything. (laughs) And I think you're going to see that over the next few years where all those limitations are going away, and people's imaginations of what they can do next will—that you know, the human—you know—strive to do something different, do something more. We'll see all sorts of new, innovative things because power isn't the limitation anymore.
0: Things like electric water heaters, electric dryers, which have been a problem in, in
2: RVs, uh, electric heat, perhaps that sort of stuff. Yep, and I think also water reclamation. Why don't we do water reclamation today? it's really energy intensive, right? I mean, you got to have a lot of energy to properly uh, refresh water. But what if you got systems that you got so much power that water can no longer be an issue when you're going off-grid? I mean, I think there's tons of things that'll come out, just exciting things because um, we're just eliminating one more um, restriction. As if,
0: I assume that your company in the, in the RV space works vast majority of the, the units that you're working on are motorhomes 90 percent of rv owners own trailers and the uh and most of them obviously own pickup trucks and, and the automotive industry is clearly moving towards uh more and more electric vehicles and there's a lot every manufacturer has electric trucks on the way mm-hmm. how do you see electric vehicles that are separate from the RV? Is there is there ways that they'll
2: be able to interface better with, with a, a trailer, for instance? In the next 10 years to 20 years with the technology, I know it's coming out, probably not. Um, you could make them interface. Um, the challenge will be is you're taking such a range hit. So when you think about energy density, just from scale, right now, diesel fuel is 30, two to thirty-four times more energy dense than the absolute best lithium ion that's on the market today that's coming out. Um, there's some tech that's pushing that up, you know, maybe only 20 times. But still you think about, all oh, right, if I need if I'm 20 times, let's just say we're positive and technology from a long ways, so we're 20 times less energy dense. We're, but I want to have the same range and performance, where am I going to stick all of that, those batteries? And what am I giving up? I'm going to give up towing capacity. I'm going to give up range. And what's what's really interesting, a lot of people don't grasp is the power demand setting still in most vehicles is more than the power demand to maintain the vehicle at 55 miles an hour. And for example, let's just take your rig, how many, how many air conditioners you have on your trailer? Just the one. Just one, okay. So you got a 15,000 BTU? Yeah. So on a hot day, it's probably pulling 1,800 watts. Continuously, then your fridge is a couple hundred watts, and you start adding it up. You might have a base load of three thousand, four thousand watts on a hot day, and you need that every hour. Over an hour, that's going to be an exceptional amount of power. You would burn it through, um let's say you only you've got a fifty kilowatt hour battery, which is a big battery pack on a on your car. You burn that through in a few hours, in ten hours, uh, for on your base load. Well, then what are you going to do? I think that's going to be the challenge people are going to deal with. So basically what's going to happen is if you have an electric pull vehicle, you, you're going to go back to, you got to go find somewhere to charge. So you're going to be worried about infrastructure placement. You're going to be about worried about where you go. And second, you're going to either have to add a lot of energy generation on your trailer or energy. So you're going to add large battery packs with large, large solar systems if you want to be off grid. So... As a futurist in the next 20 years, I think there's gonna be a balance where you're gonna see those electric trucks fit certain niches, but fuel trucks taking a combination with advanced battery technology and good generation, that's gonna give you that solution that people want for, I think what people really want for RV off the grid solutions.
0: What uh, about the other way around? I assume that it, it's now possible for, motorhome owner that might want to tow behind them a small electric vehicle are we at the point
2: where they can now charge off of solar systems yeah yeah actually we've um we actually a yeah, cool article your team took a look at it's called living vehicles it's uh out on the west coast we did it it got in the rob report and hit some really cool i think we were in uh motor trend something like that there's some really cool articles that came out and what we did there is we put I want to say they put 40 or 50 kilowatt hours, I can't remember the number off top of my head right now, of battery storage on board. They put roughly, I think it was 6,000 watts of solar. And then we decked it out with 240 volts and they have a EV charger on, on board. And you can set out there and have enough energy stored plus enough power generation, you can charge your electric car. Obviously that's a lot of tech in a little space. Um, and it's really cool. I think you're going to see more of that in the future, but I think there will be the natural cost limitations to a lot of customers because that type of investment, you know, you'd really want to be using that thing all the time to to offset the the financial impact of that type of system. So what's next? uh,
0: What's next for Volta Power Systems? What are you guys working on? Um, What's exciting
2: coming up? For us, uh, we've got some really new features. Um, so we've been le- learning our customers, right? We're, again, recovering automotive. When we first launched the company, we did our, our, our market reviews. It was all about simple, simple, simple. Like, I don't want multiple switches. I don't want monitors. So we went with one button and a simple gauge. Um, that worked really well. We've definitely got that 70 80% adoption rate with those users. But then there's that 20 to 30% of users that want more data. I mean, it's like, I want to see this. I want to see that. Can I see on my shoulder? Can I do this? And it's like, okay. So we've been coming out with um, new controls, um, new display, more information. Um, we're actually taking in and giving out the ability for our, some of our customers to add other uh, devices on those displays. So really around communication, we've got a new version of our app coming out, um, device to capability. capabilities. So we're starting to go to the cloud, and now people can monitor their coaches from afar farther away than our Bluetooth. We have some new inverter technology, higher efficiency tech. One of the things that's really been interesting is we took the generator away and we we uh, was able to drive costs back into the air conditioner. So people started making higher efficiency, wider air conditioning because the cough's offset was there. So you see that improving in the marketplace. And then now we've had people saying, well, I can hear a fan. We have these <laughs> fans on our DC <laughs> converters, doing oh. things and it's like 25 decibels. So it's really quiet fan. And now we're and like, you're me, my you're fan. <laughs> 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 so, so now we have created our own issue of now we've got to make it so we have no fans. So we've been developing more passive systems with cooling blocks on them, you know, and uh, ambient or con- uh, convection cooling blocks so we can eliminate fans just so that customers won't hear anything at all. Wow. So, so there's just a f- some of the cool projects we're working on that will be coming out. You'll see it um, in the market middle
0: of this year. Well, Jack Johnson with Volta Power Systems, this has been really eye-opening, and I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, Where can people go to find out more about Volta?
2: Well, um, I would recommend checking out our website at www.voltapowersystems.com, or for short, you can go to voltaps.com, short for Power Systems. Um, Lots of good information. Our blogs are always updated. There's also YouTube. um, We've got a lot of shorts coming out trying to help explain some of the mysteries of this technology. Um, you'll find that we really try to focus on education over just the sales story. Since we're not trying to sell directly to the consumer, we really focus on that. So it's a good place to do some learning.
0: We'll put uh, a link to the website uh, as well as all your social media in the, uh, in the description for this episode and uh, in the show notes on the
2: website as well. Thanks so much for joining us, Jack. This has been really, really great. Thanks, Jason. It was a lot of fun to be here. Thank you very much.
0: RV Repair Club is an online resource for those who want quality maintenance repair and upgrade information. Sign up for a premium membership with an exclusive offer for RV Miles listeners and get a full year of premium membership for only $3. That's 96% off the normal price. Visit go.rvrepairclub.com slash rvmiles to sign up. You'll get access to hundreds of full-length instructional videos from RV experts. Sign up for RV Repair Club Premium Membership now for just $3 off for the entire year at go.rvrepairclub.com slash rvmiles. As an RVer, you know how important it is to have a quality RV roadside assistance company on your side, like CoachNet. Imagine driving down a major highway and hearing an explosion. Immediate panic sets in as you realize you just had a high-speed blowout. Your nerves are shot. You're stressed, scared, and now stranded. When you have CoachNet, the first thing they ask when calling is, are you in a safe location? Showing a level of care that immediately puts you at ease, they send out a tow truck suited for your RV and tow you to a repair shop where you can catch your breath and finally relax. CoachNet has over 30 years of RV industry expertise, and their mission is to ensure that you enjoy a carefree RVing experience by getting you back on the road to making memories with your family and friends. For more information about CoachNet memberships, visit welcome.coachnet.com slash RV Miles. And we'll have links to all of our advertisers in the show notes and in the description for this episode. You can find that in whatever app you're, you're listening in, or you can find it on the YouTube description if you're watching that on YouTube as well. Um, you can find all the information from all our sponsors, so you don't have to remember those long URLs. You can just go click on them.
1: Nope. And you can also go to rvmiles.com slash 190 for this episode, and it'll be there as well. All
0: right. Uh, it's time to check the level of our tanks. Abby,
1: have you come up with a black tank yet? I did. (laughs) I did. Now, my black tank this week was actually my fresh tank, but I'm black tanking it because it could go either way. And my black tank this week is a black tank you should go and get. And it is a mocha marscapone cheesecake from Aldi. And I'm black tanking it because it is so good. It's dangerously good. That I have to. I have to look at it as a bad it's, thing.
0: I look, I don't even like cheesecake, and it's like oh. a fudge wrapped cheesecake. Oh, it's so good.
1: Oh so my good. gosh, it's amazing. It tastes like tiramisu meets cheesecake, and they like got together and had a baby.
0: And they went through like a a a donut enroving chocolate <laughs> machine.
1: Yes, it's so good thatdelish.com. Has written an entire article about it just in the last few days because it is it is sweeping the cheesecake world. Aldi, Aldi, Aldi y'all. Its specialty selected is the brand. It's nine dollars. It's <laughs> phenomenal, and I'm gonna whisper this: we did not share this with our children. <laughs> we have been eating this when they go to bed at night. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's so good. And, and it's
0: been, we've been, a oh, piece each and it's taken, it's going, yes. we've, we've been doing it for a week well, now. We, we have the last piece tonight.
1: We do. We have to, because a serving is 430 calories. <laughs> Shut up. Calories. <laughs> if you have been wondering, Jason, why people I've been eating
0: 430 calories every night for the last week? No, For I've, dessert? I've- You've been giving me a half half serving. that's what it's right.
1: Yes, I've okay. I've been giving you a half serving. So that is my black slash fresh for the week. What's
0: your fresh tank?
1: So my fresh tank this week actually goes out to all those new RV content creators out there because we're in a Facebook group that is dedicated to RV content creation and I have just been really inspired and impressed by the people that are in this group, not only in the way that they want to work together as a community to learn from each other, to improve what we're doing, to share what they have found as a success or found as a failure, but I've also just been so inspired by their tenacity and their enthusiasm and their willingness to not give up and to continue to do something that they feel really strongly about. And I think it's really cool. I think that there is this shift now because we've talked about this in the past where when we first got into this, it felt very insular and it was very hard for us coming from a theater background where you all work together as a community to create something to find so many of those doors just kind of shut. You know, nobody wanted to partner because that scene as, oh, they're stealing my ideas. Don't tell them what we're doing because they're going to take what we're doing and make it their own. And I think what seems to be happening is is that is shifting. And it's really, really lovely to see and it's really it fills my heart because it's just this is a really wonderful lifestyle, and everyone should be welcome at the campfire and at the campsite. And... I know
0: people think that every brother, everybody and their brother has a RV YouTube channel. And if you well, actually maybe go look do. through them, though, it's actually it's not true. And I, I think... There needs to be some some more fresh blood and stuff, and I, I think there we, needs
1: to be more representation should, for sure. We
0: should find some ways to highlight some of these newer channels, uh, and it's not just YouTube. It's definitely it's Instagram and, and all, social media and and podcasts and all of it. Um, well,
1: we ourselves are not so um, established in the sense that we can't learn and continue yeah. to learn, and you know that's another thing that I am excited about is the opportunity that I'm being given to learn from those who are just starting and are creating content that I think is fantastic. And I would encourage anyone who's not a content creator but enjoys the content to not weigh what you participate in based on the number of followers or subscribers that individual has. If that individual is just putting out something that's really fantastic, just because they may only have 120 subscribers doesn't mean that they're not good. You know, I I think that it's really fun and exciting to see these new voices and to learn yeah, from and, them. and you
0: know what we were kind of scared to do when, when we started? Um, we wanted to sort of portray ourselves as knowing it a little bit more than we did when we started. And, One
1: of us did. <laughs> I'm just I'm just teasing. Don't, no, don't. No,
0: and I think a lot of... Don't I think get all bristly. What I'm trying to get at here is I think a lot of these these new content creators out there are just kind of showing their their mistakes as they learn yeah and that really helps us all learn and I I, that's fantastic to me
1: well I think too that we have learned and we have accepted that it's actually okay to not know everything and not be able to talk about everything and it's also okay to be really human and to show all sides. Now, that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt when people get really nasty. I'll be the first to say the last 24 hours have been a little rough for me because I've gotten smacked with some pretty hurtful words. And I, I'm i only human. Those words hurt. But there's also been things that surprise me that I wouldn't walk back. Like I shared a, a picture of us uh, doing See America yesterday. Real life. Computer just Plopped on this tiny little piece of, you know, um, countertop next to the dirty dishes, next to the coffee pot, and a bunch of shoes on the floor. And the number of people that were so upset that our shoes were so disorganized was was really shocking to me. But also, um, I think that that speaks to a stronger narrative that we need to have where that's just real life.
0: They also couldn't see the two other bins of shoes. <laughs> That are are
1: hiding under the couch. Um, And I'm not, you know, I just, I think that I appreciate and I want to celebrate and say thank you to everyone who continues to just show us that it's okay to be who we are. And there's a lot of those brave people out there that I have learned from. And so um, I'm excited about these new RV content creators that are out there. And I'm excited for the freedom that they are giving me to just be who I am. Sing songy voice. And all
0: stop being a valley girl
1: <laughs> can't help it i was like raised in missouri girl. what do you want from me all the, right the jay big
0: valley of the valley of missouri
1: <laughs> the valley of missouri it's all good it's all good at the end of the day i'm happy we're healthy it's all good jason what is your black tank this week
0: all the generic Reese's puffs, oh, no. and we're just gonna leave it at that. They, wow. t- we're gonna give Aldi the a, uh, oh. a, a, a fresh tank. Well, kind of not a fresh tank, black tank. You gave them. They yes. got two black tanks. One they of them got... a good black tank, and one of them bad tank. All these generic Reese's buffs, don't, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. This is
1: really funny because you don't didn't know that's what I was black tanking because no. I didn't write anything no, down. I didn't. So I had no idea you were going at Aldi. You had no idea I was going at Aldi.
0: There's no substitute for the real Reese's Puffs. Just like, just like.
1: Oh, no. Don't
0: don't you come at me (laughs) with your generic Pop-Tarts with no frosting ever again.
1: Jason, we have been married for 12 years. When are you going to let that go? Never. (laughs) I did it one time, and I will... probably
0: just shouldn't buy pop tarts but that's besides the point not that you do buy pop tarts anymore
1: we're too busy buying 430 calorie Uh, per slice my palate
0: is has has sophisticated you're welcome to the the cheesecake which is so much worse for me
1: all right what is your fresh take this week did you know
0: that RVs used to travel up and down the Mississippi River on barges.
1: I didn't. They, and
0: I. They had barge excursions. Specifically <laughs> RVs. You would, for RVs, you would take your RV out on this barge. And you would camp on the barge as it toured the Mississippi River. I oh. think that's
1: amazing. Wait, I'm sorry. I thought you were just talking about being shipped to no, like a no, dealer. No, no,
0: no, no, no. You, oh. would, you would camp on a barge oh. on the Mississippi River.
1: Oh, wow. And apparently
0: this was a really oh. big deal for several decades until the Coast Guard changed some rules that made it harder <laughs> for them to do this. Uh-oh. Um, having to do with, you know, multiple exits and railings and stuff like that. but. It used to be a big deal that they had these big cruises that went up and down the Mississippi. I didn't. I heard about this through a Facebook group somewhere. Oh, um, this I, is, I think that's so amazing.
1: This is such a Jason Upperson thing. You'd genuinely love oh. anything that has to do with the Mississippi I River. Do. You really, really do. I do You could not pay me. To put my RV on a barge. I'm you're sorry, just, babe. Just like, just no, like, one, of those, just like no. one of those fancy
0: European river cruises. You stop You stop, and then you but, go visit Hannibal, Missouri. Honey. And then you get back on and then you go to the next town.
1: The difference between Viking river cruises and this is you're asking me to put my RV on a barge. Yes, yeah, And a Viking river cruise has a dining Actually, car the, a where lot of someone's the, uh, going to serve me dinner. A
0: lot of the posts, uh, a lot of the comments on this post that, that I read uh, were like, I live on the Mississippi and I see barges running into the banks all the time. I would never put my RV on that.
1: I just, I have, there's so many things that could go wrong and I can't, I'll take my European river cruise over a RV on a bar. <laughs> That's such an American equivalent of a Viking river cruise. Isn't it though?
0: There's a do- on they- a
1: barge on the Mississippi. Well,
0: you know, obviously, we used to have paddle Europe. boat cruises up and down the Mississippi, but there is talk of bringing something similar to I actually think Viking yes, is doing it. They bringing are. a riverboat cruise to America and specifically yeah. to the Mississippi, which could be kind of cool.
1: Oh, I'll be there for that one. <laughs> yeah, I just won't be on a barge.
0: <laughs> All right, let's wrap this episode up with the brain teaser decapitate me <laughs> start off with decapitation Jeez. but i promise it's not actually a person i'll just give you that hint for the answer okay decapitate me and all becomes equal then truncate me and i become second cut me front and back and i become two less than i started what am i Well the answer to that and a whole lot more on next week's episode of the rv miles
1: podcast. Yes, we will. And hey, if you're enjoying RV Miles, then you probably know the drill. We would really appreciate it if you would just fly on over to Apple Podcast and leave us a five-star review. Your review, I'm not kidding, is helping to put RV Miles in front of thousands of new listeners. So thank you very much to all of you who have gone over there and done that. If you would like to connect with Jason and I, please head over to the RV Miles Facebook group. We try to check in there every single day. But, hey, you don't have to connect with us over there. You can connect with the over 7,000 other RVers who are there, and they are some pretty cool cats. If you have a suggestion for a future topic or you have a question that you'd like to see if we could answer or maybe people smarter than us could answer, just give us an email at editor at RVMiles.com. Until then, please be well, enjoy the spring season, and keep logging those RV miles. Bye, everybody.